Hey everybody, I'm Brian Grossman, Editor-in-Chief of the Colorado Springs Independent. This music at the Indie Preview features music and conversation with local musician Andy Clifton. Clifton will be playing the final night of this year's series. The show will kick off in the alley to the north of our building at 235 South Nevada Avenue at 6 p.m. on Wednesday, September 28th. Andy's here in the studio to perform a few songs, and uh, so good to see you, Andy. How you doing? I'm well. Good to see you too, Brian. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so you got a song you're going to play for us to kick this off? I do. It's a song off my brand new album. Um, it's track five on the Every Thursday. Right, right, right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, I had a bunch of songs that had been written um, previously, and a few songs that I wrote for the album, and. Um, during the pandemic, that's that's what I was doing. Okay. So, yeah. Is this an album of all originals? It then? is. It's all originals. Okay. Um, I did almost all the work on it, so multiple guitar stuff, vocals. Um, I did the percussion. And then I was really lucky to have um, a local player, Andy Birchie, on stand-up bass, do a really a great acoustic job. And then two fine fiddle players, violinists, um, Derek Gray and um, David Siegel. Okay. Yep. Uh, who are phenomenal players, and so both of them are on that CD, and, and that's that's it. Yeah. It's very um, acoustic. It could probably be considered folk. Okay. But it's got rock and improv, and okay. I mean, for a recording, the takes were improved. Yeah. <laughs> and, All right. Like that's good. Keep it. And, yeah. yeah. What's the name of the song you're playing? Um, it's called "Dangerously Beautiful." Okay. Take it away whenever Thank you're ready. You. All right. First time I met you, we were young I was home from war And you were 21 and you were beautiful We were angry for different reasons And then we lost track of the seasons And now you're in my arms again And you're still so beautiful Dangerously beautiful But I remember when I met you You never left my mind The past is always close behind Oh, I'm very glad to see you so nice to see you again Can it be over ten years has gone by Oh my, you're still so beautiful Still dangerously beautiful I remember when I met you You never left my mind Say your past is stressful Love has been unkind Your story is familiar Sounds just like mine Yeah, yeah
time I met you, we were young I was home from war And you were 21 and you were beautiful You're still so beautiful Still dangerously beautiful I remember when I met you You never left my mind Still so beautiful Hey yeah Now, 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 now Yeah, beautiful And you never left my mind The past is always close behind Crowd goes wild, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, explain that song. What was the uh, what, so it's kind, of a, kind of a true story, but presented in a vague way, you know. Mm -hmm. So, the protect the guilty, I guess. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. Song about I uh, was when I first came to Colorado as, of course, a soldier, and I was stationed at Fort Carson. Um, and as a tanker, we were rapid deployment. So, I went to Kuwait and Iraq, and. Um, uh, you know, after training, tons and tons of training for three years, finally we ended up going somewhere and doing something. So we went, uh, which was, you know, a lifetime of experience yeah. and um, came back to the United States. For me personally, it was very difficult to become a civilian again. Yeah. It was very difficult for me to come. I mean, just uh, not to be like, you know, boo-hoo, but um, there were things that didn't make sense here that used to make sense but didn't anymore, and that was even more confusing. So, yeah. um, of course, you know... Um, you're out goofing around being a young man and you run into a young lady and you have a good time but you end up fighting a lot because you are arguing about things that aren't even you know part of your life and yeah. anyways um run and run into that person the song's about running into her again mm -hmm. um and she's everything that she was and and uh you know like hey you're you're still beautiful <laughs> wow yeah. you know yeah. uh anyways it's um it's sort of a Slash, you know, real story slash fictional story slash songwriting mm -hmm. uh, that ended up coming together. And I thought, wow, this this song has some merit. So um, uh, as I was recording the album uh, with some of the other tunes, I, I had Andy play bass on them. And, and this one, on that song, um, I did another track of lead guitar, but mm -hmm. it sounded better lonely. So we didn't put bass or fiddle mm -hmm. on it. And it came out being, I think, one of the highlights of the album yeah. even though it's um again without all the production it just came out being really honest yeah. so um that's why i played that one first kind of like hey there's some uh different changes i mean capo in on that song so it's a, a different key and uh, mm -hmm. and it's a little unique i don't think that i've heard a lot of other stuff like it you know because if i'm writing song a song and i start to hear other people's music in it well that gets crumpled up yeah tossed away so that one Past the uniquity test, you know, yeah. like I don't think anyone else is playing this E7 on the, in this, you know, in this chord progression. It sounds kind of unique and it works. So, oh, cool, I can go to G there instead of you know and find a bridge. Oh, nice. So yeah. this when it rolled out, it's like okay, this is groovy. Now then, it's just a matter of absorbing it and and reproducing it and <clears throat> being able to sing. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> which doesn't always happen. So the Army brought you to Colorado Springs. Where are you from originally? Uh, originally from 
Western New York on Lake Erie, a place called Dunkirk, New York. Okay. Um, Dunkirk, Fredonia, because it's two little towns. Gotcha. Um, south of Buffalo, north of Erie, um, almost as west as you can get before you're in the lake. Yeah. So it's beautiful. Um, in my mind, very similar to Colorado Springs. Um, you're in a, a, it used to be a small city here, of course, mm-hmm. Huge city, which is and getting huger all the time. Mm-hmm. Is huger a word? Okay, it is now. It's huging. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's hugeified. It's, it's hugeified. <laughs> yes, uh, it's got um, you know a, a larger city to the north and a smaller city to the south. It's got a huge land, or in Dunkirk's New York, a water feature to the west. Yep. Um, and so you end up going you know up and down the range or up and down the lake. And uh, for me, that it was very simple. And and both of my homes. Because I still have family there, and I still go there, and mm-hmm. um, and gratefully so, both places are extremely beautiful. So I'm yep. never lacking for the closeness to nature. Or I mean, you can in Colorado Springs, you're right in the mountains, yep. and in my hometown, you're right on the beach, yep. and you can collect beach glass, and you can think about waves, and you know. So I'm lucky. I'm very lucky yep. in, in many ways. Very lucky. Did you join the Army while you were in New York? Or I did. Yeah. I did. I was um, a college student at the time. I had graduated from high school, and um, I'll just go ahead and tell you, in 1990. Okay. Um, and um, went off to to play soccer because I was a goalie, mm-hmm. and I had a great time. Uh, that lasted a year of having a great time. Yeah. And then too I, good of a time. Too maybe? good of a yeah, time. Okay, yeah, yeah, too good of a time, as my parents would probably say. Right. Andy had a lot of fun in school. Um, and then uh, for, for my sophomore and junior year, I went to um, Fredonia State, which was not a step down. It was just instead of Division One, it was Division Three, um, a little closer to home where I could kind of be monitored a little bit more. Um, and, uh, you know, I uh, had to reel in. You know, a lot of people say, well, let, you know, go let that boy be a boy. And so is Wildo. It's, well, yeah, the other, I needed to reel that back in. So, yeah. um, And then um, just due to... Um, what happened with my, my family got divorced. My parents got divorced. I should say my family because my family still very much intact. Yeah. But my, fa- my parents got divorced. And at the time, I really said, I don't want to be here for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I joined the, I joined the Army uh, kind of on a fluke, but it was the right thing. And then I grew up like crazy. Yeah. So that was really good for me. Yeah. And I got to do tanking and you know, driving and shooting and just, you know, discipline, mm-hmm. keeping things clean. And I still, to this day, I organize stuff as best I can because everything's a process and you learn that. Yeah. Things, don't, things don't happen yeah. on the spot. It's a process. Like, you know, I wouldn't be here talking to you guys if I hadn't spent my life in Colorado playing music, you know. Right. so. Here we are. And you can take the person out of the army, but not so much the army out of the person. That may be the case, yeah. I mean, I, I'm really grateful to the army because, one, it paid for school when I went back to college. I went back to UCCS with yep. my GI Bill and I got my bachelor's degree in history. But it also, like, you know, when when in the moment of life when you're doing anything from bartending to to walking down the street, I mean, you can end up in a place where you have to say to yourself, okay, I need to do some, the right thing here or I need to do nothing at all here. And that kind of training in a young to a young person can be very beneficial to keeping you safe keeping right. out of trouble so i mean in my life you know there's been more than enough times for me to be a fool yeah. you know <laughs> and so uh, being a fool is great when you're on stage dancing and playing music for people but not so much when you're driving around you know? <laughs> so so that you know the army can help with that yeah. I, was, I was a kid who needed it yeah so what got you into music 
Well, yeah, my parents were both educators, so of course it goes right back to them saying, this is going to be good for you, do it. You're going to play an instrument in fourth yeah. grade. You know? So in third grade, you're like, wonder what instrument I'm going to play. You know? <laughs> Anyways, I uh, played saxophone uh, in elementary band, middle school, high school, yada, yada. But then when I was in high school, I think it was probably the summer after my freshman year, my sister had an acoustic guitar mm-hmm. that she didn't always play and because uh, she was a piano virtuoso and um and so i stole it and i <laughs> played on it until i got caught and then when they were mad at me for stealing my sister's guitar i said well check out what i could do yeah. and I learn said, something and so that christmas i got a guitar for yeah. christmas which was awesome you know thanks mom and dad you know and uh played on it and played on it and played on it and um you know, you buy books and then you don't read them and you just keep playing. And yeah. then, like, later on you go back and you're like, oh, this book has this. And and playing more music and learning other people's music and write, and then you just, I just wrote what I felt and it ended up being something, mm-hmm. you know. And um, and then when finally you get, you know, a little older and you see the value of it and the value of its process and um, and how much fun it still is after all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, and I've always had lots and lots of different work. You know, I did electrician work. I did advertising work. I did, you know, you name it. I've dug ditches. I've, I've done. You even worked here for a minute. I did work at the Independent. <laughs> it was a happy two years. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, yeah. I, I wasn't very good at what I did, uh, <laughs> although I tried very hard and I tried to learn a lot. And yeah. I really did because half of being a, a live musician in a, in a small city or a medium-sized city what did we say, a hugifying, city, yeah, right? yeah, a burgeoning, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. um, is to be able to tell people what you do and to communicate kind of that yourself, and yeah. sell yourself. Uh, you know, advertisement is a big part of my 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 world. You know, it co- certainly isn't part, it's part of my taxes. You know, like I say, <laughs> I have proof that I advertise, you yeah, know. Yeah. And then when I play, I have like, you know, I have five or six different venues around the city that um, really rely on you not only for that entertainment value, to be responsible and to, to be good at what you do and to come out and deliver, but to get the word out about their establishments. I mean, to me, that's part of what they're paying me for when I show up. I mean, there's, there are also certain jobs in this city that I do that don't want any advertisement whatsoever. Yeah. So I just say I do resort work, but they don't want to hear that you've been talking about them, you know, yeah. show up, do the job, do the best you can do better than that and look good, sound good, go, go home. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's great. You know, it's one of the things that I never, you know, like when I was real young and I didn't understand what bands were, you just think they're the the people on the media that you're listening to. For me, it was cassettes, you know, tapes and mixtapes and then later CDs. And I started with vinyl as a baby because that was, of course, what was out. But then I can, now I'm back to vinyl again. And it's yeah, right. circle, right? I love vinyl. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, you know, the, 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 the playing, uh, being the entertainer and playing and, and, and it really spoke to me. Like when friends would say, Hey man, I got a bar shift on Tuesday nights. Would you be available for Tuesday nights? And I'm like, yeah, what do you want me to do? We'll set up and play by like eight or eight thirty. play till like midnight and then we'll close it down. And, mm-hmm. and so I ended up like doing that all the time. And I started to realize that, wow, you can do music in a whole different a worldview you know you don't have to be a touring international best-selling act to have a successful time at this to have a good life at it 
And uh, be, being here in Colorado Springs, you know, I hate to sing the praises too loud because then every musician in the world will say, oh, fertile ground in Colorado Springs, let's go, you know, but... We're full. We're full, yeah, no, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> head, head Chicago. No, um, the truth is that you can have a musical, expressive, artistic, successful, monetary successful mm-hmm. music career in, in a city where, like Boston or Colorado Springs, a place that still has some smallness to it. I mean, Boston's huge, but downtown is very small, and yeah. people can walk around. In places like Colorado Springs, people walk around. A smaller or, or a newly burgeoning city, you can have an, uh, a really wonderful career and sleep in your own bed every night and never have to go on tour, and you know, unless you want to. Mm-hmm. So um, anyhow, that was something that I realized pretty quickly, that there was a lot of business here, and... Um, by putting my eggs in that basket, so to speak, I think it was really beneficial to me because then it's like, you know, instead of blasting all your money out on a tour to get back home again to start over again, not that it would always be that way, but, you know, I would say that, unfortunately, a lot of musicians end up broke. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't think that's going to happen to me. At least I'm, you know, working at it because I have a nice place to live. I have a nice vehicle and I have some nice guitars and I have business contacts that keep me going and and um, you know it's just really it's just it's gratitude mm-hmm. it's all the time I'm like man i can't wait can't wait to do this again you know so um about six years ago when um when i stopped working at the indie here um i had that come to come to me moment come to it mm-hmm. you know to the universe come to whatever you want to call it whatever works for anybody mm-hmm. um this has got to be what i do there's no more this is a night thing, and then there's a day job. Right. And this is a night. It was stealing from everybody. It was stealing from the music. It was stealing from the desk. It was stealing from the, the, anybody who was my boss. It was. It was like I, maybe not so dramatic, but mm-hmm. in my heart, I thought I really ought to just trust myself and trust and and you know give over to the universe and say, what do you got for me here? What, what's next? What you know? And here I go. This is where I'm going in this direction now. And and when I did that. You know, the story's the same for people who, who make that leap of faith. You end up on the road to you. Mm-hmm. To, and so that's what happened to me. And the summer packed out. Um, now the fall is packing out, and it's continuing on to 2023. And, yep. and again, very lucky. I realized that, you know, I'm one in a million. Or if you want to put... In Colorado Springs terms, one in 835,000, something like that, right? Yeah, uh, the whole county, maybe. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, no, I'm very, again, feel very fortunate, but also it's it, it's a matter of honor and grace and um, and those things that that some people don't teach other people. You yeah. know, like um, back when I was doing substitute teaching, like I said, I've done just about easy now. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Gross, but do what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, but back when I was substitute teaching, I would talk to kids a lot. Um, they seemed to come to me uh, more than, I don't know, I was learning. I was just learning how to be a substitute teacher. And, you know, like, Mr. C, Mr. C, uh, parents want me to go into the family business and I want to be a Marine. What should I do? And I was like, wow, <laughs> that is something that your parents ought to be involved in that conversation. <laughs> but, you know, again, come, would come back to that, that idea of, well, what would you do? If there was no such thing as money, you know, and not to be too philosophical about mm-hmm. it, but let's just ask that question, what would you do? And they're like, oh, well, I'd want to ride horses for the rest of my life. Yeah. I was like, well, then figure out how to go ride horses for the rest of your life because you'll become a master at it. And then you have a marketable skill mm-hmm. because there are people who need horse 
trainers, horse whispers. I mean, that's something sure. that you can do. I mean, right up in Denver in the area of a beautiful concert venue, what was that, uh, Fiddler's Green, there's an equestrian world up there that's mm-hmm. out of sight. But it's one of the biggest, horsiest places. I mean, the Peyton horsiest. and Elizabeth <laughs> and, you know, this whole area right here is Broncos country in many ways. Yeah, right. You know, many, many ways. So anyhow, um, you know, that's that's maybe not something that, that families love to hear their kid get taught, but find something you love to do. And, and, you know, there's that old saying, if you find something you love to do, you never work a day. Well, mm-hmm. you got to redefine everything there because work, I do a ton of labor. I work my butt off. Mm-hmm. I, I carry a lot of gear. I'm up early. I'm home late. You know, nutrition and rest is a major thing. Um, uh, and making sure that you can, you know, be aware to get to the next gig safely. I don't have roadies. Yeah. I am that, you know, and you end up becoming, and that's really what's cool about the musical process. And in my mind is that you can through your art become that, which you seek. And and so, you know, there were times, there's lots of times when, you know, your parents are going, do you have enough money? You're like, I, even if I didn't, I would never tell you. I don't want any money. I don't want you to send me any. I just want you to know I love you. And, well, we're really worried about you, you know, and that was a big conversation for years, especially with my mom. Yeah. My dad was more like, you're doing art? Awesome. You know, what can we do? What can we do to help? Do you want to, you know, just come out once in a while and hear me play or I'll come home and play for you and right. accept it if you can, you know, and that was really good enough. And my dad, of course, did way more. Um, he ended up coming out to live with me for a year here before he passed away this last June, mm. which um, sorry to me too. I'm very sorry to hear it. You know. yeah. Um but he was, you know, the biggest supporter of of Andy, and um, uh, he always kind of said the same thing: "You've got to find what you love to do." Like mm-hmm. he loved being an administrator, and he was a principal, an elementary school principal. Um, he was the, you know, the assistant superintendent of schools in, in my hometown, and and he loved that, mm-hmm. you know. And there's still people who come up to me today and say, "Your dad was the best principal when we were kids." On and on and on and on and on. I'm like, that's my dad. Yeah. And um, he used to tell me all the time. He's like, you know, you, you've got to go do, you've got to go be, be it. Go, and he would say, go get him, bub. I mean, that was, you know, and that was my, that was my grace. That's all I needed. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get all choked up talking about my dad. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, for my mom, it was really hard to let that go because she wanted me to be monetarily successful like both my sisters are, which is amazing for them, and doctors and therapists and and. You know, she was like, you know, with, with your history degree, you could be a lawyer, you know, on and on and on. And I would say, Mom, I'm really doing, like, I'm using my history degree. I have to research stuff, you mm-hmm. know. And, and and after a while, after a while of being who I am and including her every day in it, she came around. Yeah. She always used to say, I want my kids to be happy. I want my kids to be happy. When I proved it to her that I was yeah. and that, and then I could show her the actual computer and, you know, like, look, mom, I have what I need. Mm -hmm. And she would say, you know, I was worried for a while there. I didn't want to worry her, but I also couldn't go do something that wasn't in my heart. Yeah. So I did everything else looking for it. Mm -hmm. It was always with me. It was on the journey to where I am. So, so musically, what inspires yeah. you? And is this the first CD that you've... Oh, no. You've um, I've been really fortunate to work with um, a local Green Mountain studio, a fellow named Randy Block, mm-hmm. who's a dear friend. Um, 
he and I have done, I don't know, maybe five or six CDs oh. together based on Andy Clifton and company. Um, so my songwriting, some of them were like, you know, like the Dead Letter Office or a B-side album, or I have a bunch of those, and there's mm-hmm. some live stuff. We did live in the studio, live in, in concert. Um, we've done two major studio releases. One of them was on 504 Records with George Weitzel and his record company. Um, and uh, we've always had a really great time doing this. And, and um, of course, playing, excuse me, playing gigs all over the place. I mean, back in the days of the Ritz, yeah, we were doing two-nighters, you know, four hours a night. And, yeah. Whoo, was that a good time, you yeah. know? Like, I have another song about that that I'm going to play later. Okay. So I didn't mean to bring that up so quick. But, yeah, yeah. Um, lots of studio work, lots of stuff. Um, I started off by doing um, a solo album of sad, sad, sad songs that I've had. <laughs> like, you know, because when you're young and you think everything that's changed is sad mm-hmm. or bad, and you didn't, I had to get it out, so I wrote a whole album of really kind of sad stuff. Yeah. And for a long time, that spoke for me. And um, and I realized, boy, I'm not really getting in. Like I didn't think I was getting enough work, and I better write some happier music, you know. Mm-hmm. Or so I did, and that ended up being band stuff and drums and electric guitars and things like yeah. that. And those were great. Those were a super great experience, and we went through the decade, the decades now, um, with all those speaking for you when you're not there. And then finally, I, this latest one for me was, you know. Okay, I really want this to be acoustic as can be, really folky, if not folk music, but sound acoustic and folk. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm really happy because I did it myself, and it ended up sounding pretty good. So yeah, um, yeah. So um, but recording what influences me, um, you know, um, being from Western New York, the Tragically Hip, first and foremost, was yeah. one of the greatest rock bands, and they always did acoustic work. Um, groups like the Indigo Girls, um, who are acoustic. Mm-hmm. monsters you know and and uh, still to this day touring mm-hmm. so um if you can strum it hard and sing and cry and get it all out that's what i love to hear yeah um of course you know floyd and and all the classic rock that has acoustic guitar in it that you could you could sure. want um and you know then later um getting into dave matthews band and just their immensity along with their duo mm-hmm. which really for me is super cool even though i love the band too what do you mean by do what's uh, the so you talking about tim reynolds yeah and, Dave oh, okay. and tim yeah, reynolds yeah, duo yeah. um and so i have a product like that i have a duo mm-hmm. and that's just two acoustic guitar yeah, well um yeah except um lucky enough to play with um a fellow named steve langamo um who does mandatar okay which is a mandolin with a guitar neck but it's up an octave right and it has uh, a lighter mandolin-like style but it's a six-string guitar and he's hmm. and so he's phenomenal at that a fellow named david jeffrey who you know very yep, well sure. mandolin, and, player. mandolin player with grass, grass it up, up. Yeah. And, and other groups as well um he's another virtuoso yep. who lends his talents to me at times and um and i have a really nice um uh, group of fellas that i can call when i don't have a guy like eric blackmore who does acoustic guitar and vocals and sings harmonies with me mm-hmm. um Derek Gray on fiddle, um, and a few others that I'm, you know, again, wow. It's like call them in there like, yeah, well, I can't wait to play with them. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. You know, there's a lot of high-fiving and knuckles and elbows. and Yeah, yeah brother, we're really excited. And, and it's great to go do that and get paid and and represent yourself well and then go home. Yeah. You know, because you live in a city where you can go home instead of go to the bus. Right. You yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. And never Head to the next home. city. Uh, right. Yeah, but... Colorado Springs really is that for me. It's it's home and 
has been for 30 years, next year, 30 years. Um, I remember when I was celebrating my 25th year of live music in Colorado Springs, and now here I am coming up on 30, so yeah. uh, it makes me feel good Time to flies. keep doing it, to keep, yeah, and, and to just, like, and all these places that I've, like, um, who have me play, like Atmosphere Gastropub and Prime 25 and Abbey's Irish Pub, Palmer Lake Pub up out of town, mm-hmm. um, of course, Patty Jewett and Murphy's Tavern, great little venues that are so intimate and yet raucous and fun as well. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, the resort people that I work with and super lucky. I live up in Palmer Lake and I know you've played there a couple times at the mm-hmm. Palmer Lake pub, but I drive by there and they, they seem to have quite the live music scene. They do. Yeah. They, they have, in, they've created something there that's really beautiful. They, they know people now to where they can say, we're going to have, these bands throughout the summer in the parking lot, we're mm-hmm. going to have these groups, smaller groups in, in the inside pub in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. We're thinking about expanding here. They have a very live music venue mind. Yep. And they have a, a, a beautiful little pub that's super clean and nice. And, and they're, they're just, you know, they treat musicians really well. Right. Or at least they do me. I don't know yeah, maybe say, not everybody else. But <laughs> they, no, no, they, they do because these places, people keep coming back. Yeah. You know, they have international, not international, excuse me. They have national acts yeah. that um, might not be, you know, on um, on the grand scheme of things, you know, but they're they're out there doing it, traveling, being being great, and getting those road chops, getting those constant playing chops going. And then they mm-hmm. they're at the Palmer Lake Pub. That's yeah. what they're playing. Yeah. And soon we're gonna have that beautiful giant outdoor the amphitheater amphitheater yeah. out of the north ed you got trying to get in there too no i'm not <laughs> trying uh but it sure is alluring isn't it yeah. i mean the, the little red rocks or the idea of that yeah. sunset kind of a rocky fiddler's mountain green fiddler's or, green right, yeah. with the big screens and stuff that's yeah that's beautiful and i can't wait to go yeah i can't wait It'd to be go cool if they bring in some some good acts there you know they will yeah and they will i wonder who uh, and when and what but right. uh I'm, I, it hasn't been built yet i don't think no no, no. in but, fact they just did a uh, public input meeting to to get feedback i think from the community okay so, mm-hmm. yeah. you know um, that's you know homeowners boy they, they get the call right well um, yeah Developers and homeowners, <laughs> yeah, the developers. We'd hope the homeowners have, have more to say about that, you know, yeah. than anybody else. But, yeah, right. people invest their lives into their homes, and then they, it's like, well, every Friday and Saturday, you know. The lights are going to be on. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a little noisy. Something to think about, you know, when revolution comes to town. Yeah. And the boom, 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 and your windows shake, <laughs> you know. Right. I mean, that's, whew, yeah. Tape, tape everything down. So, uh We've asked this before, and you even mentioned mixtapes at the beginning. Sure, um, sure. Nobody has a tape deck in their car anymore, but if I got in your car, you were going to give me a ride. What's playing? Uh, well, I've just got a new ride, and um, uh, it's got the the serious satellite yeah, yeah. stuff. And that's, you know, I've been in other people's cars, of course, and seen it and played with it. But sure. in my car, I'm like, oh, yeah. you know, that's pretty cool. So I do like Beatles and I do uh, Dave Matthews Band, which is great that he's there and because it's all the live stuff that mm. you know in here. Um, and I, I've just about listened to anything. Like I've even gone to the the comedy channels and uh, it's, it's new. And so I got a phone call from them and they're like, did you know that you can put this on your phone? We have an app on your phone. So now I have the, the radio on, on your phone. Yeah, so I've been having, yeah. yeah. Go around listen to anything you want. Um, but yeah, and my car doesn't, and it's the first truck or vehicle I've ever had that doesn't have 
a CD player in it. Yeah. And I do in my old one. Yep. So it's like every once in a while I'll go start that up and take a drive. But no tape deck. You haven't no had a tape, tape deck, deck for a while? No, okay. In fact, no. In fact, I was just recently home in New York, and my high school boom box was in my old bedroom still yeah. sitting there. Of course, it was kind of pushed into the side. No one's been using it or anything, but. There was tapes in there. I think it was like the replacements or something like that. Did it have the two tapes so you could actually make the mixed There tape? we have. We had one of those, yeah. yeah okay. But, but my sister and I had the same stereo, so we had RCA cables. Oh, you could connect it. It actually had the red and the white on the side. Yeah. You connected it and do the line out thing. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's we, even more MacGyver than oh, most I know. people had. Yeah, we had right? the two. I'd have to ask, Megan, can I use your... Use your boombox? No. Yeah. I want to make a mixtape. Come on. Right. <laughs> or if you made the mixtape from the radio, but then you had, like, all the ads in there. Back when we were kiddos. Around. Yeah. Right. When we were kiddos, we would put the radio on and hold up the little. Oh, and record directly. Record from, from the speaker. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was terrible. But yeah. yeah I mean, we loved it. We were having a good time. Right. Sure, right. sure, sure. The 80s. Um, <laughs> so let's do a couple more songs. All right. What's all the right. next one? Okay, well, um. I'm going to go out on a limb here and do something that I just wrote. Okay. Uh, as I said just now, I took a little trip home. Um, and uh, before I left the, the apartment, um, you know, to the airport, I thought, what is it that I'm not taking care of here? What's, what needs me when I'm not here? And it was one little plant, yeah. this little plant that I almost forgot. And um, so I had to ask a friend to watch my friend. And it was surprisingly difficult, surprisingly emotional for me to give up this little green friend. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I guess it's, I I'm, I'm, could be crazy. You know, I, I could be, I don't, I don't want to use the pejorative term, but yeah. I could be too emotional about something. Like, but um, yeah, I think it probably connects to larger ideas anyways. Uh, um, ask, asking a friend to watch the plant and then handing the plant over was very hard for me. I was a little yeah. choked up. So um, I had to write, and I hadn't written a song since before my dad passed away. So in a, in a sense, I think that's all connected. Um, but it's the first song that he'll never hear, and that's really weird for me. Yeah. It's really like a, you know, a, like a time travel, like it's impossibility. Yeah. How can this planet not have my dad on it you know so um anyways uh um the song is kind of like about good friends and what that means um it's about you know saying goodbye to those good friends uh, even if you're gonna see them again and uh yeah so it's uh it's called succulent because it's a little plant that yep. is a succulent plant like Seems a desert plant which does well in colorado Springs. so um and it's about that but it's also a little weird. So, I mean, okay. it's kind of, it doesn't come right out and say, hey, this song's about friendship. But it is, anyways, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you wouldn't be a very good songwriter if those were the lyrics. Sure. Right. <laughs> so, uh, here we go, right? All right, okay, yeah. All right, yeah, so, um, all right. Take care of my plant while I'm gone He's one of my only friends Put this trip off for way too long Time to make amends Don't believe him If he speaks 
taken two weeks Only water him every other day or so Gets kinda grouchy when he drinks too much Really loves the sunlight on the patio good to grow Just don't believe him If he speaks And I'll be back in two weeks mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. first met each other we were both suffering living some crazy life that isn't worth remembering let me tell you man there were times when things were grim yes I'm coming back for him just don't believe him if he speaks and I'll be back in two weeks There always seems to be a goodbye It's a goodbye for now And good friends are hard to come by So I say No matter what you heard Don't believe a single word Don't believe a single <laughs> One of the first songs Something I think like I've heard about a plant that wasn't about marijuana. Unless ah, it, it unless it was, but could I you know. It was I can't I can't lie. <laughs> okay. Or old Christmas tree. I guess that's about a plant. Oh cool my you know, that's funny. My little sister sent me one of those beautiful little Christmas trees yeah. for Christmas. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had one. Okay. You know, I can I hang ornaments on the shades and yeah. on the blinds. You yeah. know, like there's my Christmas. You know, I get it. Um, but she sent me this beautiful tree, and it lasted so long. And I kept rereading the, the directions, like how to take care of this thing. And it's like you got to plant it or you got to recycle it. You know, and yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm going to keep it. And it's, it kept saying, do not keep. It will not survive in As your apartment. Right. So I tried. <laughs> they were right. <laughs> yeah. Directions. <laughs> so it ended up being recycled, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, but. Yeah.
All right. Uh, you got one more? You want to play us out? Sure, man. Sure. Okay. And this has been really great. It's great to see you again. Yeah, you Thank too. Gentlemen over here. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Oh, they're just waving, no talking. Yeah. Nick, like, and, Nick and Dave don't say anything. No. <laughs> Cheers, you guys. That's Thanks. right, we don't. <laughs> this has been um, really fun, yeah. and um, I'm really excited about the music at the Indy um, yeah. uh, for many reasons, so thank you guys We're excited so much. too. Yeah. Everybody like Amy and Kathy up front, thank everybody. Yeah. Yeah. What's this one? Uh, this is a song about back when I was younger in the Army. We yeah. used to go um, to the Ritz. You guys know it's gone now, but the Ritz was off the hook yeah i don't know if people are listening to this remember the ritz in downtown colorado springs you know it was like a mix of everybody who worked in the bars and restaurants downtown um military people business people uh it was such a wonderful mix of just all kinds of people to times when you couldn't even walk around you know and they they opened up that elbow room downstairs which is something else now but it's all something else now and i think that's really great but um, yeah, I'm just packed, you know. Packed. My band was playing there in 2006 when they did the, the Great Smokeout. Okay. So if you, it's, I know this is hard to remember, but there was a time when you could smoke cigarettes and cigars in the bar. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, you'd be sick as a dog the sure, next day yeah, just right. from being there. But um, So we were up on stage playing it in 2006, and, and the management turned on the lights, and every, the waitresses and everybody had buckets with water in the bottom, and everybody had to put their smokes out. And that was the last one. It huh? was the last time that anybody smoked in there, yeah, and cigars and everything. And then we started playing again, and as the air cleared, because it used to be a ceiling right about your shoulders right. of smoke. Emphysema. It was awful. Yeah, it was so bad. Your clothes would walk home. You'd, all you'd do is fall asleep. Your clothes would walk home. It was right. so gross. Um, the smoke cleared, and I, I remember uh, the guy in my band going, Oh, so that's what this place looked like. <laughs> you know, it was like, <laughs> you could see the it. The fog but, is lifted. Yeah, was, so anyways, the, that was a good time down there, and I know that there's a lot of folks who have that a place in their heart for that place and that time. Um, the mid to late 90s down there was as party as you could get, man. Yeah. It was so fun. So um, I wrote a kind of a song about that. It was really um, those, those days of completely off the hook party and our hope you know hopefully that level of partying is long behind me uh <laughs> i like having a good time don't get me wrong right. but uh that kind of madness is down to, you can't do it all the time so. a little more age appropriate yeah a little more age appropriate now but uh, back then it was you know young 20s woo so uh um i wrote a tune about it it's maybe my version of it but it was a good time i don't of course mention the place in the song but mm-hmm. um yeah it was a song about young andy so it's called come on andy Come on. Yeah, so here we go. Uh, And thanks again, you guys. Yeah, thank you. There were these sisters, and they was both good kissers. Yes, I know it sounds quite bold. They'd say, come on, Andy, and as if they could command me. Damn, I did as I was told. Only got down on the dance floor. We drank our share, and then we drank yours. We took it down to the downtown and gave the bartenders our applause. Hey! Hey! 
the drinkers, the dreamers and the thinkers, women in diamonds and gold. And they'd say, come on Andy, and as if they could command me, damn, I did as I was told. Oh, we got down on the dance floor, we drank our share from plastic red cups. We took it down to the downtown And we tore it up Yes, we tore it up Yeah, yeah Oh, when we got down On the dance floor we drank our share from plastic red cups We took it down to the downtown And we tore it up, yes we tore it up And they'd say, come on Andy And as if they could command me Damn, I did as I was told And they'd say, come on Andy Well I know you understand me Damn, I did as I was told just like I was told, hey. Just like I was told, yeah, na na na. Just like I was told, hey. Just like I was, just like I was told. Ow! Ow! <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Awesome. All right. Thanks again to Andy Clifton. Be sure to check out his newest project, Andy Clifton and Company, Through the Trees. Thank you. Uh, we also want to thank Phil Long Dealerships for sponsoring this concert series. Be sure to come down to Music at the Indies starting at 6 p.m. Wednesday, September 28th. We'll see you there.